And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind man came and said unto him, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. I want you to notice that because that is very important. He told them, According to your faith. Not according to his power, but according to those two blind men, their faith. According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. Lord, we come tonight. We thank you, God, for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the privilege to come together to worship your name. Now for the next few moments, God, anoint us, God, with your spirit. Give us the words that you would have us to have. And we forever be thankful and grateful and give you the praise. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Glory to God, you can be seated. If I had a thought to share with you tonight that I, w- I would love for you to take home with you, uh, and carry it close to you and think about it daily, that thought would be this, developing a world-changing faith. Developing a world-changing faith. Hallelujah. When Jesus Christ walked this earth as the Son of God, the supernatural power and authority which He demonstrated over and over again, was far above anything people had ever witnessed. Nobody had ever seen anybody do what Jesus was doing. I mean, it's, it's recorded in the Gospels. They, they, they said, never a man spake like this man. And then in another place they said, we have never seen it in this fashion before. When Jesus came... He turned the religious world upside down. Hallelujah. And he spoke uh, to the destructive winds uh, in the middle of the sea, and they calmed at an instant. He commanded the dead to rise, and they came out of the graves. He prayed over a boy's sack lunch, and it multiplied enough to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. Truly the Spirit of Almighty God rested in Him. And He was in fact Almighty God. If you believe that, give Him a praise tonight. Hallelujah. But there were several times, out of all the times that Jesus did miracles and healed and everything like that, there were several times, if you'll study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which Jesus used other sources than just his power to heal the sick and afflicted. He would grant deliverance according 
to the faith of those he touched. Just like these two blind men. The scripture we read in Matthew concerning the blind man is an example of Jesus utilizing the amount of faith of individuals to bring about their healing. Hallelujah. According to their faith, they could have received partial or complete healing or possibly no healing at all. What I'm saying is, although Jesus had the power, they still could have walked away having somebody having to lead them by the hand because they would still be blind. Or maybe they could have walked away being blind in one eye, amen, and can side eye another. Whatever would happen, it was according to their faith. Hallelujah. Amen. The question that I want us to consider tonight is can the present level of faith in the body of Christ, and think about this, please, think about the needs that's in our congregation and the people. I, I never will forget Brother Coulter Baggett, uh, him being uh, diabetic, and, you know, he... Uh, had lost his um, his legs and everything, and uh, went out there to a Labor Day service, and he was wheeled in there, and uh, and he hadn't been long that he had his legs removed because of the diabetes, and uh, as they were having service, uh, and. Uh, at one point of the service, different ones was given prayer requests. And I never will forget Brother Coulter Baggett speaking up and saying, Church, you all know I need prayer. He said, unless, unless somebody can touch God, he said, I'm out of here. He said, unless somebody touches God. And I want you to know there's a, there's a world full of people out there that's dependent upon you and your experience with God. There's a world of people out there dependent on your faith. What is your faith level? Amen. Can the faith level, the question I want us to consider can the present level of faith in the body of Christ be sufficient to supply all the needs of the people in this present dying world? What I'm asking is, does the church have a world-changing faith? Amen. Are we up to par in our level of faith? Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, think about that. Can our present level of faith be sufficient to supply the needs of the people in this present dying world. The same principle, now we can apply this same principle to your checkbook. Do you got enough funds in the bank, in your bank account, to write out a check, and let me put the word legally, write out a check for $1 million and hand it to me? Uh, I believe we all understand that the size of the check you write, or write legally, 
is related to according to the funds that you got to back it up. Amen? <laughs> you know, we understand that principle. That's elementary. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to, to understand that. Hallelujah. Well, there are some needs in the world and some needs in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. That we, don't, we waste our time walking up to to pray for. Hallelujah. When we know our level of faith is not where it ought to be. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. I will tell you, church, I will admit to you, I mean, my, my, my faith does not stay on an even keel all the time. I mean, there, there, there are some days, man, I, I, I can wake up and I can, or I can be in service, amen, and I can feel the extraordinary faith of God and the anointing of God, hallelujah, amen, uh, for God to do things and, 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 and you can see Him do it. But then there are other times because maybe of battles, because of struggles or whatever the reason is, your level of faith has dropped. Amen. It's kind of it's kind of like uh, uh, that uh, that gas gauge out there in your car. Amen. Uh, uh, how that uh, how that it drops down, and on that new vehicle I got. Amen. When it gets down to a certain point, Amen. I've got all kind of lights and buzzers that start going off, and um, and if I, then if I then it it'll flash up. You have got so many miles. Before empty, Amen. And I was in there one time, and I was driving, trying to get somewhere, and I didn't, I didn't want to stop. And it come up, uh, it is urgent. You get gasoline. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah! It is urgent. You get gasoline. Hallelujah! Glory to God. Amen. Well, you know, sometimes I believe God is looking down at the church today and say, "Church, it's urgent that you change some things. People's got needs. People are dying and going to hell." Hallelujah. Amen. We, it's up to me individually. It's up to you individually that whatever it takes, whatever we got to do to keep our level of faith, hallelujah, amen, to where it ought to be, amen, so God can move, hallelujah, in the way that he can move because there's a lot of things, amen, it's according to our faith. Not necessarily his power, but our faith. The problems we face in this perverted world today are astronomical in scope. And when you look at them, sometimes they are intimidating by interpretation. We need the faith to fuel the power that can change this whole world for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We need to develop a world-changing faith. Hallelujah. If we do not develop a world-changing faith, glory to God, then our existence for being here as a body of Christ is of no importance. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord don't care how many times we gather around and have such a good service that we can't have no preaching if we're not making a difference in the world. Hallelujah. And, and when I say in the world, don't think I'm talking about far off China, someplace that most of us here probably would never go, but I'm talking about the world that you live in. 
when I'm talking about changing the world, God does not hold you responsible for the part of the world that you're not, never going to be in. The part of the world God holds you responsible for is your personal world that you live in and work in every day. Your world. Hallelujah. God's not going to change. change um, uh, uh, he, he's not going to judge you because you don't save all the beings of people in China. Hallelujah. But there's going to be some judgment if I don't make a difference in my personal world. The people that I come in contact with every day. Hallelujah. I've got to have a level of faith because, my, as I said, these problems are astronomical. Uh, I'm getting more, I'm getting more and more calls as a pastor for counseling. Um, people needing to talk, people needing prayer. Um, we talked about issues and sickness and, and, and different things. I'm going to tell you what. I, I, I'm sure tonight that most none of us really understand there's a good percentage of the people of our congregation that is really battling depression bad. Not just females, but males alike. Hallelujah. There is more depression going on. And you'd be surprised. I can't go up here and name everything because people come to me in confidence. It's between me and them and the Lord. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, there are spiritual battles, mental battles that people I've had people call me battling things that I never guessed. And, and there you go. Here we are, filled with the Holy Ghost, supposed to have the anointing of God. Hallelujah. But yet we don't detect sometimes that the smile on a brother and sister's face when we shake their hand or hug their neck, we don't, we don't have that function enough of spirit to realize that smile on their face is painted on. Amen. And I promise you, there's more of that going on right here in our world, in our world right here, than what you realize. Church, we need to develop a world-changing faith. Hallelujah. Now, what I want to talk about briefly tonight, if we're talking about developing this kind of faith, we got to understand some obstacles to increasing faith. Hallelujah. There are obstacles that come before us that hinder us from our faith being increased. Now, when we become a child of God, God deals to every man, the Bible says, the measure of faith. Hallelujah. But the amount of faith God gives you when you become a child of God is not the level of faith He expects you to keep. He expects you to do something to let that faith increase. Hallelujah. The faith that he gives us is kind of like the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the parable of the talents. He said, I'm giving one, one talent, I'm giving two, another one, five talents, somebody else, ten, ten talents. He said, you go out and you use what I give you to bring me an increase. Everything God gives us, no matter what it is, he's looking for an increase out of it. 
He's never given anybody nothing for you to ram it, stick it in your pocket and keep it there in your pocket. Even the apostles knew that they had to have their faith increased if they were going to do anything. In the book of Luke, chapter 17, verse 5, this is, this is something that the apostles said to Jesus. Luke 17 and verse 5. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Glory to God. Well, this is what it, this is what it reads like. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. Increase our faith. The apostles knew that they had to have an increase of faith. They knew that they could not do what the Lord was putting on them and training them and getting ready for them to do without of an increase in the level of faith. And church, I don't know about you, but just about every day of my life when I face the world, it makes me cry out to God, God, please increase my faith. I've got to have more I got to have more faith. But there are obstacles to our faith being increased. And the first obstacle to increasing your faith is an unwillingness to close our eyes. What? Yeah. Let me say that again. An unwillingness to close our eyes. You mean to tell me, Brother Sammy, that I've got to close my eyes before my faith can be increased? You mean, the Lord is expecting me to walk around blind? Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Hallelujah. For we walk by faith, what? And not by sight. If you want to increase your faith, you're going to have to close your eyes. Because church, there's too many stuff out there that we're all time looking at, that if we continue to look at, it's going to affect us being able to increase our faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to close our eyes. What happened to Apostle Paul before God could change him? Somebody said it. He blinded him. Apostle Paul had to be blinded naturally so he could see spiritually. On the road to Damascus, God shone a great light down from heaven and blinded him. And before Paul could see who Jesus really was, he had a man to close his natural eyes. Hallelujah. Church, what you look at day by day affects, amen, whether or not your faith grows or not. Hallelujah. We have to be careful. What happened to Peter when he looked at the wind and the waves of the sea? He began to sink, didn't he? Hallelujah. He was walking on the water. Apostle Peter walked, stepped out of the boat, and for a few steps walked on top of the water, just like Jesus was doing. But, the Bible says, when he saw the wind and the waves, he took his eyes off Jesus, 
and looked at them, he began to go down. Hallelujah. I'm telling you tonight, church, the things that we allow ourselves to see, the things that, that we in, uh, put within us, that, uh, uh, that we put inside our mind and that we look at, affects our level of faith and how we are able to believe. When you look at somebody suffering and sick, as bad as Sister Deli is, and you look at it in the natural eyes, you think, there ain't no way of her uh, going get to get around dying. But as Brother Douglas says, all things are still possible with God. All things are still possible with God. Hallelujah. We, we, we can't look at the circumstance. We've got to look at a God who's got all power. Hallelujah. There's something else. There's something else that becomes an obstacle to, to the increasing of our faith. And I call this a famine of the Word in our personal life. Hallelujah. A famine of the Word in your personal life. Now, everybody has heard the Scripture quoted and read and everything else that in the last days there would be a famine in the, in the land. Not a famine of bread or thirst for water, but of hearing the Word of God. People would go here and there, and you, I know you've heard, heard that Old Testament Scripture. Well, I want to talk about a famine of the Word in somebody's personal life. I'm here to tell you one reason why that we are not growing in faith and we're not increasing in our faith is because we're not getting spiritually in our personal life fed enough of the Word of God. If you think the word that you get on Sunday in Sunday school class and in preaching on Sunday morning is enough to suffice you that you can be a victorious over everything, you got another thing coming. Hallelujah. That's just, that's just like parents. I mean, some parents send their kids off to school and they expect, they expect uh, the teacher to take care of all the problems. Amen. And then when they get back home, let me tell you something. It's how you relate to the child at home, how well the teacher can do her job when they get to school. Hallelujah. Amen. Just a little dab of do you is not, it's not going to get it. If you want to increase the faith, you're going you're gonna to have to get some word in your personal life. You're going to have to digest some word more than just what you get in Sunday school, more than just what you uh, get um, uh, in Sunday preaching. There's got to be, hallelujah, a daily digestion of the Word of God in your life if you want your faith to increase. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So then, faith cometh by what? Hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Hallelujah. A lot of people has got a famine of the Word in their personal life. And without you getting the Word, amen, in your life, and, um, and, and I mean getting it good down deep inside you, I, listen, what? I'm sorry. Maybe You may think this, but I'm, I'm sorry. 
I do not believe what worked 20 years ago or worked today. We live in a different world today than we did 20 years ago. We're fighting different devils today than they fought 20 years ago. We're fighting different kinds of spirit today than what they fought back then. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a different strategy. Think about the armed services. They do not fight wars today like they fought in World War I. Hallelujah. Amen. More and more in the future, more and more as wars happen in the future, there's going to be fewer boots on the ground. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, they, they're capable right now. I mean, they can fly, fly a, a, a drone across southern Kentucky and aim and shoot at this church in a matter of seconds, the whole church will be gone. And, and that drone's up in Kentucky. Amen. They, they don't fight battles. And church, we are not fighting the same kind of battles that our forefathers fought years ago. We've got to have difference in the way that we approach it. Hallelujah. And we've got to get more of the Word within us. One other obstacle that, that hinders our increase in faith, and that is a lack of spiritual vitality. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, there's nothing hardly quite as bad when you, when you get up and try to go through the day, man, you just feel draggy, no energy, you know? I, 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 wake up, I wake up and get my move around while I'm trying to get some coffee made and everything, and I, oh, Lord, I don't want to face all them kids today on that bus. Man, don't have any energy. And, I mean, it's one thing not having energy at the end of the day, but when you're starting the day off and you're just feeling draggy, I think there's a few people know what I'm talking about here tonight. Well, guess what? Guess what? That not only happens in our physical bodies, but it happens in our spiritual bodies. Hallelujah. Some days we have a, a lack of spiritual vitality. The spiritual man within us feels overwhelmed. Hallelujah. And there is a way the Bible has given... How many people have got the Holy Ghost here tonight? Let me see your hands. Hallelujah. God has provided a way for everybody who has the Holy Ghost to keep that uh, spiritual man revitalized. It's kind of like, like a, uh, uh, a multivitamin you take for, for, your, uh, uh, for your body. There's a multi-spiritual vitamin to vitalize Hallelujah, the spiritual man. Amen. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. But ye, beloved, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, how? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, Worshiping God in church and praising God in church and speaking God in church, amen, speaking in tongues in church and God is good, but we should be doing twice as much of speaking in tongues at home than we do at church. 
Amen. That is how that we revitalize our spiritual man. That's how you give that spiritual man a multivitamin. Hallelujah. The old folks used to call it praying through. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But so many people in the body of Christ as a whole, I'm not just talking about us, but I'm talking about the body of Christ as a whole. Man, it has been ages since in their personal prayer closet at home somewhere that they get, they get out and begin to talk to God and they begin to pray until five. And let me, let, I want you to understand, praying, praying in the Holy Ghost is praying in tongues. That's what he means. That's what he means when he says praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what he's talking about. Hallelujah. And, but if we, shut off, if we just do a little bitty intimacy prayer and don't spend a lot of time with it, if we don't pray until we pray through, till we get to the point that we no longer pray in English, but we begin to pray in tongues, hallelujah, then we are not revitalizing that spiritual man that God has given us. Hallelujah. You build up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You can walk out of that prayer closet ready to face any devil that comes against your way. You don't have to call this one to help or that one to help. Glory to God. You could just if the devil comes against you, just go ahead right there and lay hands on that on that booger man right there and there rebuke him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And you can you can feel the vitality and the strength to be able to do that. Church, in closing tonight, what we have got to learn to do is develop a faith within our life that can change the world. Because the world is dependent upon a church right now. Yeah, we're going out of here. We're leaving here. We're not, we're not here to stay. You know, we got our bags packed. We're ready to go. We're just waiting on the sound. Hallelujah. Amen. I spent my whole childhood. Amen. It's it's a um, uh, it's a hotel now, Union Station Hotel, a big fancy hotel. But I I, I grew up down in Union Station. I can still remember the smell, how that place smelled, the crowd and the hustle and the bustle back in the day when that place was packed full of people traveling here and there. And on the speaker, uh, uh, every uh, every once in a while, you would hear it, uh, uh, train uh, train number so and so, arriving on track five uh, to Buffalo or Cincinnati or uh, to Birmingham, and people had had their bags packed and had their ticket in their hand. We'd get up and go out there and head down on those escalators that took them off that platform. Right down there up under that old old shed that used to cover the train. You remember the old shed? Uh, they used to cover the train there and uh, have, their, have their bag in one hand and their ticket in the other ready to go. One of these days, church, we're going we're to hear that cry. Hallelujah. Christ coming in. Hallelujah. Ready to get to church. Ready to take his bride. Yeah, we're ready to go. But what about all those people that's dependent on us? Before that day comes. A world full of people. Hallelujah. 
Jesus told his disciples to occupy until I come. Occupy until I come. We're supposed to take charge of some things. The word occupy is a military term, folks. Hallelujah. Just like when an army goes into a country and they, and, and they basically take over that country and they run, they run the show, they occupy. That's what the church is supposed to be doing to the world. He said occupy. Hallelujah. The devil's not supposed to be. We all, people are always talk about, well, the devil's doing this and doing that and all this is happening and all these courts are passing all these laws and whatever. What's the church doing? We're supposed to be occupying. This, we're supposed to be in charge of this thing. The devil ain't supposed to be in charge of it. Amen. It's the truth anyhow. Hallelujah. We're supposed to be in charge. 